This Bach Beethoven and Brunch podcast is made possible thanks to the Spanos Group of Raymond James. You're listening to The Voice of the Arts, WQED-FM. I'm Jim Cunningham. Ed Zenis is here from the East Winds Saxophone Ensemble. It's not the East Winds Symphonic Band here, but the, uh, the saxophones alone. Our grand finale of the Bach, Beethoven, and Brunch series, the... Uh, the band has been there on several occasions. Have, have the saxophones done their thing at Bach, Beethoven? We, this is our first time at Bach, Beethoven, and Brunch, so we really appreciate the opportunity uh, to perform there. And uh, and 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 really, I think uh, you know we look for, to a future opportunity to get the band back up on the stage. So we we think this is a great venue, and a you know and a great crowd. So it's a it's a it's a lot of fun to play there. How many saxophones will we have? Well, we'll have five saxophones on Sunday. Uh, uh, we have varying instrumentation depending on the piece uh, in question, uh, but different uh, different types and sizes of saxophones. I think if people uh, haven't heard much of saxophone music, I think they'll find it a little different, but a little familiar, and uh, something very entertaining to listen to. What music will you play? Have you planned it out? Uh, we have a we have a we have a plan. We're going to attack. I think we. Uh, to kind of stay true a little bit to the name of the series, we've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of Bach and a little bit of Mozart. We'll work our way forward in time, do some kind of big band things and early jazz kind of numbers, and work you know kind of to closer to present day with some uh, medleys of uh, people of the rock and roll genre, uh, including. Um, Oh, we've got Roy Orbison, Smokey Robinson, Beach Boys, Queen, and more. Sounds great. It'll be fun. Grand finale for the series, that's for certain. When the East Wind Symphonic Band routinely gives a concert, how many saxophones do you have then? We usually have about five or six in, in the band at any time. Uh, so it's... You're wor- used to working together. That's right. That's right. In fact, that's how we got started was we enjoyed playing in the band, but we thought this ensemble would give us an opportunity to develop and have some fun uh, in addition to just regular band rehearsals. You said there'll be five? How Correct, many? that's five. Which is the standard configuration for a, a saxophone group, is it not? Right, that's a, 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 in a jazz band, typically there's five uh, saxophone players. Uh, like I said, we'll have some soprano, alto, tenor, and baritone uh, saxophones. Again, varying numbers depending on the particular arrangement. And the famous saxophonists from the big band era, what did they generally play? Which instrument? Well, the alto and the tenor are the most common uh, saxophone. Uh, so John Coltrane uh, played the... He played the tenor saxophone. And who plays the bass? Where does the bass come in? Oh, the bass was a, a bigger model than the baritone. In fact, I think it was the first model uh, invented. It was intended to be something of a substitute, kind of a woodwind tuba. Uh, so there's still bass saxophones uh, in larger ensembles. Uh, none of us has quite got the budget to, to have one of those, so we're sticking to the instrumentation we have. And what do you play? I play soprano and alto saxophone in the group. How did you get started? Well, like the rest of the group, uh, we all got started as kids playing in elementary school, uh, you know, working with these school teachers or private teachers. Many of us either started on the clarinet and moved to the saxophone, or we started the saxophone and adopted the clarinet. Uh, but that's that's the general progression, and, and you kind of have a good time in band, uh, meet a lot of friends, have a lot of experiences, and we've kind of continued uh, into our adult days uh, kind of in the same vein. I often say, you know, if they say, what's a community band like? I say, well, it's like high school band for kids, for adults, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I know from Roger Snyder, 
that it's in his soul. This guy plays the euphonium like nothing else. And I, I would say that spirit from coming to the band festival, that spirit is across all the sections of the of the East Wind Symphonic Band. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, you know, the other sections of the band also have some ensemble groups, but uh, we've been at it longer than any of the other sections. And how often do you step out as a group? Uh, we probably do eight to ten uh, programs a year. Uh, we have some around the holiday season. We, uh, we've had opportunities to play at the Benham in their lobby for the Nutcracker uh, uh, Ballets. Uh, we've played down at Market Square, and we have some other concerts over the course of the year in the summer, you know, whenever whenever the opportunity arises. Any other dates this summer? Uh, no, it's it's really been pretty quiet uh, this summer, uh, you know, with the people kind of climbing back out of the yes. COVID experiences. It's, it's hard uh, to find venues that are, you know, are really ready to go uh, and, and groups. Uh, but I think people are starting to get out more and starting to get more social, and I think we'll have a lot of opportunities to play. What do you like about Bach, Beethoven, and Brench? Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it rains, sometimes there are bugs in the wind. Well, you know, every time I've played down there, it's been great weather, and it's a great audience. I think that's one of the, the, the things I really like about it. It's a really nice place to listen to a concert. Uh, you have a lot of people that are very loyal to the series, and they come out on a regular basis, so it makes for a very nice audience, which is always great for playing. And, of course, then the radio audience is, is on top of that in terms of uh, knowing that people are out there listening really really makes it fun. Do you have your colleagues' names in front of you there, the other folks that will be playing the saxophone? Okay, so, uh, so we have uh, okay, Joe Ramirez also. He plays alto and tenor saxophone. Mandy Saunier, she plays alto saxophone. Mike Moita, who's also one of the organizers of the group, he plays tenor saxophone, and Jay Detweiler's on the baritone saxophone. Jay is also kind of our creative guy in, in the group who does some arranging and rearranging of, of numbers for us, and he's done some original works as well. We'll be playing one of his works uh, in the program on Sunday. One woman in this group. Yeah, but we have... Uh, 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 Another young lady's joined the band. Uh, Jessica would normally play with us. She's out of town this weekend, that weekend we were playing. But Jessica's played with us. So we have, uh, we have men and women, you know, just as whoever's in town who's available to play, uh, play with us all the time. When I look at the group, I often think it's a good mix. And you have a woman conductor, do you not? Routinely? That's right. Susan Sands, our director, has been a, an excellent conductor for the East Wind Symphonic Band. Uh, has really helped our development over the years into a, a much higher quality organization. So we're very appreciative of Susan's efforts to work with us. There was a time when women did not play brass instruments so much. They weren't found in the trombone section or the trumpet section. Well, I think so. I think uh, pretty much ever since I was a kid, which is probably about the same time you, was a, you were a kid, uh, there's been a lot of women in the band. So I think uh, it's it's. I think it's been a great forum for people, basically, to participate in the basis of their talent and their interests, and not necessarily uh, on other criteria. If folks want to join the East Wind Symphonic Band, how can they do that? Okay, we have a website, ewsb.org. Uh, there's uh, information there in terms of how to to get information about the band and how to apply for membership. 
You mentioned the names and some particulars about the group of saxophones that are playing. Anything else you know about their background, whether they're, uh, I don't know, still actively working or music professionals or you know, what, what are they all about, your colleagues? Well, let me, let me summarize this way. I think uh, we all have or had, in my case, day jobs. Uh, and other professions. And and we all looked at uh, music as kind of a lifelong hobby and interest. So uh, in our group, we have architects, engineers, attorneys, computer scientists, uh, health professionals. So it's, it's a pretty mixed uh, uh, group of uh, professionals. But uh, I think you get the flavor of, uh, you know, we have all different kinds of jobs, but the, the playing uh, saxophone and band music is the one thing that brings us together. You mentioned a lot of delicious items on your list of tunes you're going to play. Uh, a little more specifically, what are the numbers going to be? Well, let's see here. i got my program here Please. in front of me. Let's, uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, we're going to do a, a, a medley called the Bohemian Rhapsody uh, by Queen, their, their music. Uh, we have arrangements of Caravan and Georgia on My Mind, kind of from that big band uh, sort of era. Uh, like I mentioned, Roy, a medley of Roy Orbison tunes. Uh, we have Sir Duke, which is... Uh, um, oh, it was a Stevie Wonder Stevie hit. Wonder tune. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. It's always um, fun. Um, uh, St. Louis Blues, also from that kind of early jazz, uh, jazz period. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, we have an original tune by Jay Detweiler. It's called In Monty's Hall. Nice. And some Bach. And some Bach. We have, we have a, a couple of Bach and a Mozart quintet. Um, I've often commented it's hard to find arrangements, but these were such great composers, even though they lived 200 years before the invention of the saxophone. Uh, they prepared saxophone arrangements, and we've been able to find them uh, in the archives and, and bring them forward to the, the current audience. Who are your saxophone heroes? Who do you love hearing them play? Oh my goodness, that's that's a really tough one. I mean, uh, and Charlie Parker is a is a great uh, alto saxophone player uh, from that bebop jazz area. Uh, he is a very talented guy. I always liked uh, Phil Woods in terms of a more a more current uh, alto saxophone player. Uh, Paul Desmond, who played with the Dave uh, Brubeck group, was something of uh, an inspiration as well. So, I mean, there have been hundreds of great saxophone player so there's and i think what makes it such an interesting instrument is that every player gets to put their own particular style and sound to it it's an instrument that's not played the same way by all of the great players so there's a hundred different styles and sounds and a hundred different great players so it's really interesting from that point of view are there a few that when you hear them come on the radio, you can instantly recognize them as John Coltrane or whoever? I, I remember George Vosberg, once I was interviewing him, and wherever we were, on the radio, in the, in the sound system, might have been in a commercial a store or something, Dizzy Gillespie came on and he said, you can recognize that sound. Oh, no, it was Louis Armstrong. He said, you can always tell when it's Louis Armstrong. Is, is there an equivalent in the Yeah, saxophone? there are distinctive uh, you know, sounds and, uh, and licks is a term. They, uh, that we use that the great players have that you can, you'll can you recognize them in a few notes. So it's always been a, an enthusiasm of yours since very early on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These, these are, for all of us, they've been lifetime uh, 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 hobbies and interests and, and a great time. 
The day job. Ed, was it Westinghouse that you worked for for a long time? I, I'm a retired Westinghouse engineer, so I, I was there uh, for many years. But uh, like I said, I finally quit my day job, and now I'm doing this full time. And were you trying to convince folks that they ought to buy a reactor? Well, that was our business. I, th you know, if I if I could put a, a small plug in, I think with the today's needs of the environment, I think nuclear reactors will see a very positive contribution to the overall environment with the nuclear technology that we worked for decades to to bring to the public. It's a shame that there was a period when I guess uh, folks who were worried about the environment thought that we couldn't get rid of the wastewater, we couldn't get rid of the. I don't know, the plutonium byproducts or whatever it was, and that nuclear energy was a bad thing. But it does seem like the pendulum's swinging back more in Westinghouse direction. Well, I think once you understand all of the risks and all the costs of any, any form of energy, then I think people are in a better position to make more informed decisions about what might be an appropriate way going forward. I don't know if you keep track of it, but are, are we selling more reactors from Pittsburgh these days to other parts of the world? Well, I think we're out there. I say we. I'm sure uh, Westinghouse and other companies are out there marketing, uh, and uh, I think uh, there's a lot of development, R and D developmental type projects out there, and but I think they'll be very close to some production uh, models soon. You're a Carnegie Mellon grad. That's correct. Yes. A tartan, a proud tartan wearing uh, CM, CMU a Carnegie Tech guy. Yeah, that's that's not for public consumption. But uh, <laughs> Very good. Well, it's great to meet you. And it's Ed Zenis. That's correct. I'm glad to have that right. Anything else you want to share about uh, this event? We want folks to come. Now, I just want to close out and thank you and WQED and and the city and all the sponsors for the Bach, Beethoven, and Brunch series uh, for sponsoring such a great series and having us to be part of it. Ed, you're the best. You're a perfect spokesperson for the ensemble and for the Eastwind Symphonic Band. Uh, send our love and regards to the maestra, uh, Susan Sands, and uh, Roger Schneider. I believe that Roger may have been one of the founding members of the That's group. That's correct. Roger and I were actually two of the founding members of the band. So uh, we've been at it a long time. Sometimes I want to shorten the time that we claim to have been involved with it. But, yeah, it's been it's been a great ride. And Susan, was she your only conductor? No, we've had a couple other conductors over the years. So she came to us a little bit, uh, a little bit later. In she's our, been with us a while now, which is great. Yeah, she's been with us now. I, I at least probably 25, 30 years is my guess. I, I'm, I don't have that statistic at my fingertips. We'll look forward to having her back soon, and I hope the band festival returns. I want to wish you a fabulous summer. I love this time of year. I think it's so great. Bach, Beethoven, and brunch is an important part of it. Great. Thanks a lot, Jim. Bless you, Ed. Thanks. This Bach, Beethoven, and Brunch podcast is made possible thanks to Quantum Theater.